HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by the International Culinary Center, offering courses that range from classic French techniques in culinary, pastry, and bread baking to Italian studies to management, from culinary technology to food writing, from cake making to wine tasting. For more information, visit culinarycenter.com. Hi, this is Celia Kutcher, host of Animal Instinct, and you are listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Welcome to Love Bites, coming at you live from Heritage Radio Network. Today is Monday, May 9th. I'm one of your hosts, Jacqueline Raposo. I write about people who make food. You can find my work and me as at wordsfoodart.com. I'm 34, straight and single. And I am Daniel Holzman, your returning guest co-host for the day. I'm the executive chef and owner of the Meatball Shop in New York City. I'm 37 years old. I'm straight, white, single. And on the prowl. I'm like a, I'm like a one percenter people. A Come one. get it. Yeah. All right. He's here. here. Um, so yeah. So if listeners, you might have noticed that this is not Benjamin sitting across from me in the booth today. I'm very, very lucky to have Daniel back. You might recognize his voice from episode 25 where we had the girls of This Is Why You're Single on. And I uh, picked Daniel's brain about why he was single. And it was very charming and vulnerable and very, very sweet. Um, but Ben is still up in Maine practicing, sorry, actually performing right now in Crossing Delancey at the Public Theater. So I miss him horribly, but I'm so glad that Daniel is back here. Uh, and this is the first, it's very fitting because this is the first show in Our Bodies, Ourselves series. What we're going to start to do a little bit of this season. Uh, we're going to go beyond the relationships that we have with each other romantically and explore the relationships between people in the same profession and different professions and now and then the relationship between our bodies and how they affect our work and our bodies and how they affect 
romance. So after the break today, we're going to be joined by occupational Pilates instructor Marcia Polis and one of her students, bartender Russell Dillon of Basic in nearby Williamsburg, Brooklyn. They just finished a 10-week program together where Marcia trained 12 different bartenders on how to use their bodies better. So we're going to try to figure out how to translate the work that she does through the radio waves to you and find out from Russell if this actually worked and if he's feeling better than he did a few months ago when he started Marcia's program. Um, So before we kick off with all of that, Daniel Holtzman, since this is our show about being kinder to your body, let's start by making one goal of something nice we are going to do for our bodies in the coming week, every day in the coming week if we can. Do you have an idea of something you could do to be nicer to your body? I ride the I ride the subway state, subway a few times a day, mm-hmm. and so I'm going to make make it a goal of every single time before I get on or off the subway to remind myself to stand up straight, and maybe I'll have better posture, and I will feel better about myself. Do you feel like you slump over a lot? It's, it's not that I feel like I slump over. I'm, I'm like hunchback. You're hunchback. Well, I think blown. we do that a lot in New York. We sort of put our eyes, our we cast our eyes down, and we sort of like are burying ourselves against the world, and our shoulders are hunched, and we're carrying crap, and we're just and angry. Fecal matter and and you know there's just stuff to step in out there. And this time of year, it starts to smell when it gets warm out. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, that's a good thing. Mine is sort of mine sort of similar because I would do this on the subway. Is that I'm going to take five minutes every day and just breathe and put like an alarm on my my phone and then just sit. And if I'm on the subway or if I'm someplace crowded, I'm just going to sit and breathe for five minutes and maybe that will calm some of the anxiety I've been feeling lately in life. You're already sitting up straighter and breathing and breathing deeper. Did you just hear me breathing? I did. Deeply? Yeah. I did. My, my oh. goal is to exhale for for longer than I inhale. I, yeah, that's a yogic thing that you're supposed to do, which I'm not very good at, but I keep trying. Um, so before we bring on uh, Marcia and Russell, let's talk about your relationship with your body as a chef. You've been doing this since you were 15, 16? 14 years 14 old. 14 years old. In the kitchen. Um, it all started with buying myself a good pair of shoes because your feet are the first thing to go. Um, and then your knees and it goes all the way up. And recently it, it hit the top of my head. I lost my hair. Um, it's just been, it's been a shit show. And it was in recent. Nice try. <laughs> um, but what do you remember in the early days? Like when, especially when you're a young, you know, kick ass cook and you're like, I can rule the world and I will never die. Like, did you beat your body up with pride or? I definitely remember the guys in the kitchen. I was attracted to the burns on their arms. I thought they were so of tough course. looking. Yeah. And, and you know, I'm like a, like a fairly coordinated human. So I didn't burn myself naturally or easily. And I, I would like, I would just just like tap my forearm on the oven to try and give myself a, a burn. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I burn myself on. Purpose. Do you still have those particular? No, scars? I don't. I'm not like a. I'm no longer a cutter. I'll do that. <laughs> um, well, what about just sort of you know your? Did you ever think about your posture or how you were carrying yourself or how you were lifting things? I mean, my mom reminded me and continues to remind me of my posture, but I think that you know when you're. 15 or 20 years old that's the last thing on your mind Mm. you're not really worried about it and honestly I feel like the kitchen at least it's a at least you're moving. It's so much worse to sit on your desk feet. all day. Yeah, since I started typing yeah. full time, my body has changed and not I mean, ways that I'm happy about. Your fingers are so sexy. It's <sighs> like just the muscles and those pinkies are. Um, yeah. So when did you notice things? When did you start paying attention to how your body was feeling? When did things start to hurt in a way that you're like, maybe I shouldn't be doing what I'm doing as hardcore as I'm doing it? I think in my t- my, my my probably mid twenties, like drinking heavily, getting little sleep, and then yeah, that's another huge you know, part of your job is just, just like crazy long hours. Sleep drinking and for some people drugs and being out really late and all yeah. the other things that go along with drinking and drugs late night falling asleep and alone and or being not miserable alone. and sad sad about yourself or not alone wink wink <laughs> um yeah so when did you start noticing that your body was not 
going to support. I had a massive. Work. I, you know, I have one of the. I'm one of those people that wears all of my stress on my shoulders, and I had like massive muscle spasms in my mid to late twenties that were decapacitating. And I know so many people in our industry that you know find themselves with a quote unquote bad back. I think a, no one, no one has. Everybody has a bad back if you mistreat yourself, right? Right. So. So what do you what do you do about it at the time? I've gone through so many different you know pe- people to try and help me, whether it's um, chiropractors or what are those people that use you as a pin acupuncturists, cushion? acupuncturists, shiatsu, yeah, Alexander yeah. Technique, right? Um, Reiki, just because there's this really hot girl that practiced Reiki. I love Reiki. Um, it was great. I've got like a voodoo magic woman who Reikis mm-hmm. me, and it's like I'm tripping my she Reiki, out. She Reikis you. She Reikis me. <laughs> she Reikis me. And and did that help? Like, did you? It has. Or it, what? Ha- what helped the most? Like, what lifestyle change helped the most? The the idea of getting regular exercise and being somewhat healthy is obviously number one. Losing some weight and not being like terribly. I feel like a couple of years ago you just took a turning point, even with your diet, just I changing did. your diet a little bit. I found out that um, it's just meat and butter. Those were the basic staples of my diet. Meat well, I mean, you do have a restaurant chain called the Meatball yeah. Chops. Yeah, which have bad. healthy stuff on them, though. Yeah, but you know, as like a as a perpetual grazer, a power grazer, I don't really choose my meals. You're not I just grazing kind of, on broccoli. I just Rob. like pick it, whatever's there, and a meatball here, a meatball there. By the time you're done, and twenty meatballs later. All right. So, um, what do you do? What's your self care protocol now? Like you came in today feeling a little bit beat up and feeling like you're sort of. I wrestle. Wanting, you wrestle. I wrestle f- five five days a week, and then I get acupuncture once a month, and I do a special yoga. Um, exercise every single morning. Special yoga. Special yoga exercise every morning. And if I do those three things, I am I'm able to maintain a fairly like a consistent level of everything hurts. So looking back from the ripe age of 37 to kids who are 17, 18, 19, 20 going into the field, what would you suggest to them as a way to sort of, you know, premeditate their their go, later years? Go hard. Go hard right now because it doesn't last. But just use you, it while you got it. So, so it doesn't matter. So just burn it out. It doesn't matter. Keep going. <laughs> Obviously, look. Think about all those. I think about all those athletes that are just you know so extraordinary, and then they're thirty years old and they can't even. They they have hip replace, hip replacements and stuff. Yeah. Like, I figure out. You just got to. I don't know. I guess you're supposed to be take care of yourself, but not me. But not you. Okay. Not so what is um, before we go to a break? What is one thing that you want? To change in your but like what was what would be one thing especially with your job like you're saying today you're really stressed out you've got your cook you're cooking a lot on top of having your restaurants and helping other people open their restaurants and catering and events what is uh, one thing you wish your body would feel better about I wish that um, well in, in fair, fairness and honesty I wish that I was able to be not have the physical anxiety be present in the moment and not have to be constantly worried about something else and and that that has a physical manifestation and i think your exercise of breathing deeply would probably get me a lot further in that direction what do you think is holding this physical anxiety into you and then manifesting in these negative ways probably being like a jew from new york it has a lot to do with it it's just innate yeah, just being like an overthinking and neurotic. And, uh-huh. Yeah, that's my problem right now, too. I think I'm overthinking. I'm like in my head all the time, and it's not good. So um, so on top of your standing up straight and my five minutes of breathing every day, what do you think in the long, in like the long term you need to do to take better care of yourself so that that physical anxiety is not – that emotional anxiety is not manifesting physically, and you can be more in the moment? Meditative exercise. Do you meditate? When I wrestle. 
when you wrestle? Yeah, during wrestling. Well, I'm going to meditation after the show today if you want to come and like actually sit with a bunch of people chanting and meditating and looking at a, an altar thing. Open invitation. I might just join you. You might just join. Okay. Um, yeah, I find I find personally meditation to be like the best thing to keep that anxiety at bay. And and pink wine sometimes too, <laughs> which we're drinking right now. We both came in and be like, no, we're not going to do it. Like, maybe we'll get a bottle of well, pink wine. All right. Well, now, um, good luck to you with Thank that because you, you deserve better for your physical and emotional physical self. Yeah. Usa. Yeah. Usa. What's that? Usa, that's like when you Usa. It's like a you know oh. that was me meditating. Oh, okay. okay. Good job. How's that? <laughs> right, we'll try that after the show too. Okay, why don't you bring us yeah. into a break? So when we come back, we're gonna be joined by Marcia Polis and Russell Dillon. But first we want to remind you that all of our shows, past, present, and future lineup, are at lovebitesradio.com, which has just been redesigned for your viewing pleasure. And there you can also find blog posts like our recent Screw the Clichés, Here's What Single Gals Need to Know Before Going to an Ex's Wedding, plus our favorite music and eats for all stages of heartache and heartbreak. Head to lovebitesradio.com for more and connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as at lovebitesradio. Now sit back for some snacky tunes and a word from our sponsors. We will be right back. sponsor of the HeritageRadioNetwork.org. The ICC, with locations in New York and California, provide cutting-edge education to future chefs, restaurateurs, and wine professionals. We're proud to claim Dan Barber, Bobby Flay, and David Chang among our honored alumni. This is Dorothy Can Hamilton from Chef Story. Check out our ICC website at InternationalCulinaryCenter.com. Marcy... Marcia Polis is an occupational Pilates teacher. That means she trains those in very physical fields like actors, dancers, chefs, and bartenders so that we use our bodies as healthfully as possible because she believes it shouldn't hurt to do your job. Russell Dillon is a bartender at Basic in Williamsburg, Brooklyn, and he just completed Marcia's 10-week bartender pilot program sponsored by Root Distillers. You can find more information about all of this at www.polispilates.com and, of course, on our website. Welcome to Love Bites, Marcia and Russell. Thank Hi. you. So we yeah, we definitely kicked off the show today, I think, giving lots of fodder for this upcoming conversation. Um, but let's start with you, Russell. How do you feel after having gone through? Well, first of all, was it voluntary that you did the program? And secondly, how do you feel now that you did it? It was voluntary. And actually, someone who I'd known in the industry for a while and listened to me complain about a lot of pain <clears throat> forced me to go. Like, you need to go to this thing tomorrow. What pain were you having? Uh, I've been diagnosed with a partially torn rotator cuff. Ow. So for years, shaking drinks like that and just 
repetitive stress injury and using your body wrong. Was it the shoulder that you were shaking with? <clears throat> yeah, it's the, my right shoulder, my strong shoulder. Mm-hmm. And as a result of like a torn Achilles tendon on the other foot from your, like, I'm just, I'm a, I'm a mess. I was a mess. I walked in, she looked right at me and just shook her head. <laughs> as <clears throat> she took does. me by the hand. I was like, it'll get better, but it's going to hurt before it does. Well, and, and did it get better? And t- like, did you feel it, better after yeah, the 10 weeks? It's like what like, changed for you? The way that I use my body, it's almost it's almost embarrassing to say that the idea of Pilates was something that I did not want to engage in. So I would call it pirates, like my own little autocorrect, <laughs> and would go. But just the foundation that you begin to work from and with is really important, and the muscle groups that you're using in that in that fashion, I changed. You know, like just and it was easy. It's just sort of when you have a bad habit in anything being conscious of it to correct it is just sets you up for success later if your shoulder was at like a level 10 pain at work before what is it at now because i assume you can't like it's not like a miraculous healing in 10 weeks that it takes longer than that but it's not i mean it's a process it's something that i think about every time that i work but i mean i had two doctors that wanted to perform surgery and i went through nine months of physical therapy and this is the best that it's felt in 10 Yay. years. Yeah, yeah that's so. one problem I find with physical therapy. I've done it so off and on throughout the years, and I feel like there hasn't been lasting results, which is disappointing. So yeah. it's awesome that you found something that, yeah. that helps you grasp onto that. So, Marcia, um, what is the most common thing you say? And like, it's, it's funny knowing you as a friend that we go places and we go to bars and we sit and you're <laughs> like, ah, oh, that guy right there. And you can sort of pinpoint how they're using their body. What's the most common uh, way that you see bartenders and also chefs misusing their bodies? Well, bartenders and chefs use their bodies differently. There are some similarities, but there really and truly is a difference between a, bar- a bartender posture and what they'll be feeling and a chef posture. So let's talk about bartenders first. A bartender stands on one leg, um, which like most of us that leg. have a Not standing right. leg, yes, but it's a, it's a pretty tremendous stand on one leg. Um, They drop one shoulder, one shoulder rolls forward, the other one rolls back. Their power arm, they lift that shoulder, and they lift it with everything that they do. Even if they've retrained their shake, their stir, their pour, they still overuse that shoulder at the joint. They use use it sort of as a weapon, I feel like, against themselves. Um, I notice swollen hands a lot. They don't think their hands are swollen until I get my hands on them, and then they realize that they've lost some mobility, and it comes back. Um, their feet hurt. I've learned through this program with over 12 weeks with these 12 bartenders. I think almost every bartender I've come across now for five years has a bunion. Bunions. Wow. More than one. Some some degree of it because they stand on the outside of their fo- their feet. They stand wider than their hips. Um, Which you've remarked, I think most people do most, in, yes. who work pr- who use their bodies professionally. Like we're sort of raised to have this wide stance that you're saying is not quite helpful. It's so it's sort of, yeah, it's, it's not it's, hip distance. It's wider than what hip we distance. think hip distance is and what hip distance right. really is are two different things. And so when you stand wide, you're putting extra stress on the outside of your leg, your IT band. So bartenders almost all have a lack of flexibility and tight IT bands that they're always working on. They have uh, lower back issues. And a lot of them have neck issues as well. And what about chefs? What would you assume that Daniel over there has wrong from turning like, there's, there's and looking at There's only 30 minutes in this Daniel. episode. I don't know if we can I, get into it. Daniel did a really good job from when we walked in from not letting me see him stand, which was pretty impressive, almost as if he had been cued to not let me see him stand. Um, you know, chefs get... Um, he was talking about his back pain, and his back pain is really due to his pecs. And his arms, you know, it's, it's such a forearm-heavy job. 
and there's so much about your dexterity. They also stand really wide, and so they stand to the outside of their feet. They overuse their IT bands. Chefs um, have hip issues frequently. They've got a lot of low back issues. Um, and then they'll have the upper thoracic, the upper back and neck issues as well. And it's because, again, they're not being set up to use their body in an organized fashion. Bodies are the most amazing things on the planet. If you use your body in an organized fashion and you know how to take care of it for a few minutes every day, it'll do anything you want. It'll do anything you want. Well, I have a question for all three of you, actually. So let me put this to Russell and Daniel first. Um, did you assume that beating up your body is just part of your profession, that this is just the way it is? Uh, yeah, not even just professionally, like as a human being. It's almost like you don't get a prize at the end for return, returning it. Like, like pain fun- is just functional. part of life. Yeah. <clears throat> for sure. And it, there's the idea where like, okay, if I power through this, then I won't notice it as much later, which is the opposite of true. Gotcha. I mean, you, you definitely you? die at the end of this this um, scenario, anything, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I figure I want to use every ounce of it. I mean, it's like it's like when you return your lease car, you you want to get your money's worth. Right, you beat it up. Yeah. No gas. <laughs> no gas. <laughs> no. Transmission is fully done. So, Marcia, do you see resistance from the people that you work with that, A, they should put in the work to change, but also that they're actually going to be able to change. And especially since most of us just, we don't like being in pain. Like we're like, ah, I don't care if I'm in decent shape. I just don't want to be in pain. Do you find resistance from people? There's, um, there's, there are different levels of resistance. If somebody is in chronic pain and they've been tried everything, they probably are going to be willing and open to try something else because they don't want to be in pain anymore. But I really feel like we have told ourselves and each other this story for so long that aging requires us to be beat up, to lose flexibility, to lose strength, to hurt when we get up in the morning, to take a while to get going. And it's just not true. That's not age. That's inefficient use of your body and unhealthy fascia. I mean, it just, it doesn't have to be that way. I'm, I'm the oldest person in this room and no part of me hurts on a regular basis. And I know how to fix it if it if it does, and I know how to prevent it from hurting. And Russell is not a little guy. One of the guys in the program was six foot five. I hold up, you know, I hold big guys in the air sometimes for a living. So my job is rigorous and too. Listeners, you can't see Marcy. She's tiny. How tall are you, Marcy? I'm four foot eleven. I'm four a whopping le- four foot eleven. She's a terrifying four foot eleven. I'm five two. And I like tower over her. And yes, and she's very formidable. You do not want to cross her path on a city street. I'm much bigger than I appear. Ah. Um, so what is sort of this is going to be sort of the hard thing to maybe actually maybe it's not because as you were talking before about how we stand on one leg and our like automatically I was thinking I was like adjusting my shoulder and like realizing that of course I do the same same thing too i stand on one leg so for people listening at home what is a first step as far as just being able to like sort of maybe do a body scan and recognizing even where the pain is that like you said people shouldn't be in pain i think a lot of times we assume that well this is just the way my body is like what's the first step you tell people as far as even recognizing that they have something they should be addressing Well, I think um, we don't spend a lot of time looking in the mirror. Even those who spend a lot of time looking in the mirror, we don't look in the mirror and look at our lines and look at what looks right to us and what looks wrong to us. I say to people all the time, for the standing on one leg, if you look in the mirror, and my bartenders are a little bit different than this because of the overuse of the shoulder, but primarily if you just look at your head and shoulders in the mirror, if one shoulder is lower than the other, that's probably the leg you stand on. So put a little bit of weight on the opposite leg. One shoulder, I'm trying to visualize that even. Yeah, with so if one shoulder is dropped when you look in the mirror, 
the that's one that's the dropped, that's that probably the leg you stand into. on. Yes, yeah. Because your hip is doing the exact same thing. So you've also dropped your hip, which is a bigger deal than your shoulder. Gotcha. Um, so if, if you stand and look in a mirror or you have someone take a couple of pictures of you and put on as few clothes as possible so you can see you and get rid of whatever so get naked. it is. I got yeah. that. I got that part. <laughs> of the handle it. I think I don't, I, I, that's a whole other show, but I don't think we look at ourselves enough either. We don't look Daniel in the mirror does. and really I see I spend ourselves. a lot of time Just... admiring the good parts. <laughs> that, that, that is one of the first things that I tell clients is find something you like about yourself in the mirror every single day. Flaunt it. That's good. That's Work. good. But... <laughs> Easily, if you look in the mirror and or or you have a photo taken, don't do the naked photo. Um, but if you look in the mirror, see, you know, where are your legs in relationship to your hips? And if you can put your fist between your kind of big toes, and it is a perfect fit, you're standing with your legs in alignment. Oh wow, so that's a lot more narrow than I think most of us are exactly. ever, would ever have imagined. Exactly, exactly, fist width. So you always are carrying a little measuring tool with you, your fist. Are there any other, um, other than Pilates, are there any other practices that you appreciate or think are really great for people? No, Daniel, only Pilates all day, every day. I'm sorry, but we only do Pilates here. Um, How about mas- I mean, massage? Is that important? No, I think that um, one of the things that I think that we really get wrong relative to chefs, bartenders, anyone in the hospitality industry specifically, is this wellness kick with hospitality people. We are almost pushing exercise on people. And I am a Pilates teacher. I love Pilates. And I teach how you use your body by the by way of the Pilates methodology. But you shouldn't have to do Pilates. Your job is so physically visor- vigorous that if you are just using your body correctly all day long at work, you're going to have the body that you want and you'll be able to then go and do any of the things that you love my goal is eating brownies whatever (laughs) it is whatever it is as far as massage goes i also i i want to be obsolete to my clients so the 12 in the program after 12 weeks they graduated out they're on their own and so by the way that my psychiatrist did that to me <laughs> she graduated me out and sometimes it, so sometimes well. it doesn't go so graduating well graduating and kicking out isn't the same thing Daniel. sometimes it, they come back but but they developed a 10 minute practice and and it's it is pilates based a 10 minute practice of working on their own bodies every day focusing on their own body and then instead of going and getting massage I teach people how to do their own fascial release and the fascia is all the connective tissue in your body and it's uh, it's another whole conversation, but Google F-A-S-C-I-A and fascia is the coolest stuff on the planet. And when it's healthy and hydrated and you can do it yourself and keep it healthy yourself, then your body does anything you want it to. And generally a lot of pain is because you have dehydrated fascia and it's holding you in a certain pattern. So Russell, after these 12 weeks, and I'm sorry, I thought it was 10, I thought I'd read it was 10 weeks. So after this 12 week course, what was the biggest challenge that you faced throughout the actual process because listeners if you go on um, polispilates.com or there's other links on our website you'll see photos of these guys but then they've got hoops and they're standing and they're doing they're doing all of this work and I think for a lot of us like I've, I did Pilates when I was 15, 16, and it became the thing you did at the gym, and it was horrible, and it was, you know, it was torturous, <laughs> and it was, like, everything hurt, and five minutes with Marcia, and I was like, oh, this, it doesn't have, it's not torture to do something that feels good and is strengthening you, so what was the most challenging thing about the actual work for you, Russell, and also what was the biggest takeaway? I think the most challenging thing was to actually admit that 
for years I was looking for a solution that was going to be handed to me and that one that I had to participate in. And Pills, that, surgery, that kind yeah, of Yeah, you know, like yeah. a cortisone shot or someone's going to rub me for an hour and it's going to be great and I'll walk out and go to work and that just like will be a thing of the past. But through this I realized that there is like a, a constant engagement with your work, with your body, with what's happening. So doing that work and honestly the reason why I was a little put off by it in the beginning was because I thought it was going to take way more time and be a lot harder but it's just sort of like a an ability to be conscious and, like, conscious and in the moment with what's happening to you it, so in the moment Daniel you want to get more in the moment with what's happening to you so you wake up you're, I don't know if you're a drinker or not, but you wake up, you're not feeling... Not, I mean, almost professionally, but I don't have an endorsement. <laughs> you like wake up um, early in the morning and you don't feel great. Yeah, crack a noon and then and you manage I check to, in. And, but you do it anyway. Yeah. And it's one of those things where I think another important thing that we talked about in the course was like how you put yourself to bed. And granted, there's not always nights where you're going to take time to like relax and let your body settle and let your hips drop down and do that because you're either out drinking with people or hoping to have someone else's hips to drop down into your bed. (laughs) But it's, you know, nobody's perfect. I'm not going to be a professional athlete at any time. I just would like to be a competent bartender that's not like constantly in pain when they're making you a drink. So So since this is a show about relationships, before we go back to the question we started the show with, um, since this is a show about relationships, we've talked a lot in the show how I grew up with Lyme disease and how that's affected just me interacting with other people. Um, Russell and then Marcia, what do you think is the greatest benefit as far as your relationships and how you communicate with other people just to taking better care of your body and to really deepening the relationship you have with your own body and treating it as something to take care of and to honor and to work on. How has that affected the way you interact with other people? I mean, I think it's interesting to think about this as being a self-care process because it, I mean, it's kind of hokey hallmark, but like when you are taking better care of yourself, you're able to actually care about and take better care of someone else and whatever stage of dating someone you want to be in, knowing that you're, constantly doing things that make you a little better either for them or with them or how that's going to work out. It just, it kind of brings a more positive focus and being a historically negative, terrible person. <clears throat> that's a, a nice change. Do you yeah. feel a little bit more hokey and Hallmark? I do. It's kind of weird. Like I've, I'm positive. I've, I keep saying like, this is going to be the best summer ever. And like, this why is like t- a real TV moment because I'm looking at a man who is, you know, strikingly handsome, but he has a, a thick, long hipster beard. He's t- covered in tattoos. He looks like he could easily, you know, like chop down a tree, Snap punch a you neck. in the face. Or but now or, I'm just going to hug you. It's going to be Hug and talk about positivity. <laughs> oh, I love it. And what about you, Marcia? What is, what is your sort of, especially because you've devoted your life to this now, like what is your big... This is making not only our bodies, but the way we work in the world better. I just think that the more aware we are of our own bodies, what's going on inside of ourselves, and the more the more you dive into your body awareness, you start to figure other things out as well. I remember Russell came into class maybe the fourth week, and he said, it's really interesting because I'm looking forward to every morning just having the time that I have to take care of myself because I promised you that I would do this. And I made this agreement, and I'm really finding that I'm I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also noticing other things. And so there's this mind-body-spirit connection that, we'll use the word hokey, sounds hokey relative to personally me and my Pilates practice, but it's how I figure out where I am in my world and what's going right and what's going wrong and who I want to be. And that impacts 
every moment of any interaction I have with anyone else. Do you find um, that your time on the mat, because in the years that I've known you, you always you always come back to when you're frazzled, it's because you haven't had your time on the mat, or when you need to be grounded, you go to the mat. Mm-hmm. Um, what, I mean, how, how, for lack of a better word, how spiritual is that connection for you? Or how does it really... I mean, it's so, especially you moved to New York City over the summer. This is such a frantic city to live in. Like how, for people who want to take it just beyond their physicality and make it something that really is going to affect their whole lives, like how, how is that relationship for you personally, not with your students, you personally? I'm a multitasker and I'm a very type A personality. And one of the things that saved me via Pilates before it became my profession and part of how I grew to love it so much to want it to be my profession is that... When I'm doing Pilates, I have to multitask in my body. There are all these things that I'm trying to focus on at once inside my body. And when you do that, you don't have room for any of the outside garbage. So it allows me to just quiet my mind. I'm not a great meditator, but as you said, meditation is um, you meditate when you wrestle. So you're doing something else. And it allows you to find that peace in your brain because you have to get rid of everything else because you have one thing to focus on. But it's not one thing. It's 10 or 12 things. And that's the experience that I have when I'm practicing Pilates. And it's just it allows me to to connect with me and allows me to figure out all these things, including originally 13, 14 years ago that I was going, 13 years ago that I was going to quit my career and do this full time. Mm-hmm. I just started to, you know, to figure out, but whether it's grief or, um, or anger or, um, discontent about something, all of those things I'm able to come into focus while I'm doing Pilates or right after. That's what I hope um, listeners get the greatest takeaway from is from Pilates. Because like I said earlier, I think that we think of Pilates as this thing you do at the gym or this thing you do to get the Pilates tiny little body and that it can be as meditative as, or like you said, Daniel, with, with wrestling. Like a lot of people wouldn't assume that wrestling is a meditative sport, that whatever it is, like find whatever your thing is that connects mm-hmm. your body with your breath and your emotions and your brain or whatever it is. And so that's awesome that you teach people how to do that with Pilates, and that's really beautiful. My students all, they all have homework every day, which is a 10-minute practice of their own. And so It's only 10 minutes. It's that's 10 so minutes. It's 10 minutes, and you, you maybe don't even have to move. You maybe just do breath that day. Whatever your body is telling you it's, it wants to do that day or is capable of doing that day, but then it's your practice and not my practice. In class, it's our practice, but initially it's my practice, mm-hmm. and I'm sort of foisting it on you. But very quickly, I want it to become your practice, and then you own it, and you can have it and use it anywhere. So listeners, Marcia does teach in New York City, but she also does remote uh, lessons via Skype, which I've done with her before, and she really is uh, an amazing goddess genius. So I definitely urge you to check out polisplotties.com. Before we go, I'm going to go to Russell first and then close out with Marcia. Uh, What is one kind thing you would like to do for your body this week? Uh, I think just check in, and that's been the big takeaway from the program when you work in the service industry. You're so service-driven. You want to make sure people are happy and taken care of, and either that's in you when you're getting into it or later, but to give yourself the same actual credence that you would give to a total stranger and take that little bit of time for yourself. That's lovely. Be hospitable towards yourself. Mm. Ah, What about you, Marcia? Mine is food-related. I am going to make an effort to not eat any meals running down the street this week. 
I do a lot of that. I do a lot of that. Sometimes, yeah, talk about a stressful way to eat with your body. We all do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sometimes, I, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had all three meals running down Ninth Avenue in one direction or the other. So I'm going to try and eat all of my meals sitting and not somewhere Chewing out on the street. And today. Yeah, actually yeah. enjoying. That's a great one. Um, I keep saying this, but before we go, before we go, Daniel, do you have a big takeaway from, you know, as somebody in the industry from what you've learned today about something you want to explore or are going to take home with you? Absolutely. I think that I'm going to dedicate 10 minutes a day to practicing Pilates. But first, I'm going to take one of your classes. Yay! Yay. Wonderful. I don't know about a 10 or 12 week course, but I'm going to, I'm going to dabble. I'm going to work it out. Um, well, Marcia and Russell, thank you so much for coming on the show thank today. You. I really thank appreciate you. it. This was such a lovely way to kick off our Our Bodies Ourselves series. Daniel, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for inviting me to the Pirates episode. It <laughs> <laughs> is true. Um, so, listeners, that is our show for today. Next week, you'll be hearing from Ben and I in uh, another pre recorded episode. Last week, we were pre recorded. Next week, we're pre-recorded because I can't go too long without him. Uh, it's the next in our Our Bodies, Ourselves series. This time, we're going to be talking about how our bodies affect first impressions. So we've got Coach Kim Dower. She's Kim from L.A., so she's calling in from Los Angeles to share how she guides clients into being their best selves for public speaking and presentations. And then Ben and I will also discuss how our bodies affect first impressions on dates, and Kim will give us some advice about that. So tune in for that. But until then, thanks again to our engineer, David. Our theme song this season is Give Love by Josh Dion, and we are Jacqueline Raposo and Daniel Holtzman. Love Bites will be back at the same time next week here at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.